Hello, 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 and welcome again to another of my podcast episodes. You're now tuned in to WDGS 333 on your podcast station. Oh my, oh my, oh my, I am feasting in this day that the Lord has made, and I'm so full of rejoicement. And I am definitely glad in it. Oh, I had good fellowship this morning, this morning. This morning, the message was from Ephesians. Ooh, one of my favorite scriptures in the book of Ephesians. How that God will do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that we can ask or think. How many of you know that? I mean, how many of you know that? And I tell you, the pastor gave forth good word about limitations and how we all carry limitations. And it just kind of just, you know, made me just reflect back on the part one podcast of Why Do Men Cheat? And, you know, it's something that I cannot answer because, first of all, I'm not a man, but I'm, I know this question is, is posed in a lot of men, uh, women's mind because we really desire, most women truly, most women truly desire to have a relationship, be it married or unmarried. It's just something about that unity. And I know it is orchestrated by the hand of God based on Genesis. See, Genesis talks about the creation. I like reading Genesis. And I've read it so many times. I always am inspired to go back to the beginning. But one thing in the book of Genesis, what I do know is this. God understood that it was not good for Adam to be alone. Therefore, he made Eve from the creation of Adam. Oh, I hope y'all get this. So in being doing that, he understood from the beginning of the creation of time that it was good for man to not be alone. So that answers a lot of questions why men want a woman. God knew that men wanted a woman. That's why he made a woman for a man. Now, he didn't create Adam and make two women or three women. He only made one. That's why I believe in our mindset, when we get connected with a man, we tend to truly believe that we should be the only one woman because that's the way it was from the beginning of time. And I definitely agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I really, I do. How the ever, I want to share with you from the scripture how time bring about a change. And these changes sometimes, people, we can wrestle in our minds and waver so much 
that it causes us to become so unstable. That's in the book of James. That a wavery minded man is unstable, the Bible says, in all his ways. Let him not ask anything of God because God don't know what to give us when today we say, okay, I want this man. Tomorrow I don't want this man. Or today, yes, I want this woman. But now I'm looking at her and I don't want her. And then I say, yes, I do want her. You know, I shared with somebody one of the things I never cared to hear from a man is I just think I'm just going to leave. Uh, we just going to break up. See, if you tell me that one time, see, my mind has already saturated. You cannot handle me. Because if you believe in sticking with me, and staying with me, then instead of using those words, tell me some other words. Like, tell me something like, okay, listen, we have a little bump in the road. Let's sit down and reason together. Can we talk about this thing? Can we figure out a way that we can move forward and make it better? But I've had somebody to, to have the audacity. And see, this is what people don't understand. By our words, we are justified. And by our words, we are condemned. And so a lot of times when people speak things in the atmosphere, they don't realize once those words take form, oh my God, and it begins to play out in your life. Don't you know if faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God? That means you believe in words that you hear. Oh, help me today, God. In order to build faith, the Bible says that we have to first hear The word of God. So if hearing words changes the atmosphere of the situation and the circumstances. Oh God, I ask you to help me today. How often do we say things and when they manifest, we want to get in our feelings. But you have already spoke this man out of your life. Or you have already spoke this woman out of your life. If every time you get an uncomfortable feeling, then the first thing you want to say is, I'm I'm, I'm just leaving. Well, sooner or later, it'll manifest. Because, see, God's word does not lie. And, see, people, it's not, we cannot blame, keep blaming other people on what comes to play. Most times, if we sit down and examine ourselves, and be mindful of the words we say. We speak, we speak, we speak those things that are not as though they were. Oh, help me today, God. So when you kept telling the man, well, I don't think we're going to make it. Well, I, 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 if a man kept telling the woman, I don't think you the one. Well, when you spoke those things that were not as though they were, then sooner or later, guess what? They became just that. Oh, God, I ask you to help me. I got to give you some scripture today, though, about a man. We we talking the topic of the subject today. Why do men cheat? I don't know why men cheat, but I can definitely give you some enlightenment from the scripture. Now, the first question that God said when he told me to come back with this part two, I'm going to do a part three. And I'm going to keep it right there. But one of the things I want to share with you from 1 Corinthians. Oh, God, help me today. 1 Corinthians. Back to chapter 7. 
because I I, I, I didn't finish this thing the other day. But, but wait a minute, wait a minute, hold up, hold up. Before I tell you, because chapter 7 basically covers marriage. But I got to read this other scripture to you. Let me back it up. Let me back it up. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4. See, I want to put some clarity in the atmosphere. I want to put some clarity to some questions. First of all, I want to appeal to all the singlets, as Beyonce could say, all the singlets. <laughs> the scripture says in Hebrew, chapter 13, verse 4, marriage, mm, I need to p- repeat that word, marriage. Let me see it one more time. Let me say it one more time, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, (laughs) and Samuel John. It's some repeated phrases. So I need to repeat that word. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled. Now, I'm going to put a quick pin right there, because, you know, I like to break down. You know, I'm a word person. I want everybody to have some clear and concise understanding when you may think about the word and the bed undefiled. What does that mean? What does that mean to you? Ask yourself that question while I'm providing an answer for you. What's the first word pop up in your head? Undefiled. Undefiled means clean, pure, Mm. Honorable in all, and the bed clean and pure. Now, the opposite of undefiled is defiled. And the word defiled means corrupt, impure, unclean. So now, you first have to ask yourself that question Are you married? Then you know it's honorable in the sight of God. Is your bed undefiled? It's okay. You can answer it in your head. You listening to a podcast. We 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 not in no open workshop where you need to raise your hand. Like the preacher tells somebody, is it anybody? Raise your hand. No, 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 no. You don't need to do that. <laughs> That's the beauty of the podcast. But it's a but whoremongers, oh my God, and adulterers, God will judge. Now, that's serious right now. See, why are we having this topic of discussion is because many people keep taking their own self through unnecessary changes. It does not. Or let me say, it should not. Keep taking us off focus, off the course of the visions that God has for us, especially in 2020. Because God is opening up. See, 2020 represents view and vision. See, I don't want you all to miss 
the mark this year. How many of you have ever experienced this? And I know sometimes I jump around, but how many of you have ever experienced this? Have you ever made a decision or have you ever made a choice? One choice. And I always think about, you know, when sometimes we conceive babies before we finish college and, and or we get caught up in relationships and we get off sidetrack and don't go to college and never end up going. But how many of you have ever made a choice or a decision and it has affected you for years and years and years and years? And I'm talking about 20, 30, 40 years. Sometimes one choice can affect our lives for many, many, many years. And there are also times that one one choice can affect our lives in a positive way for many, 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 many years. I'm appealing to you in 2020. That's a representation of view and vision. And it's, and it's not just view and vision, but according to the obstetricians, the eye doctor, that's perfect vision. This is the year that you can be perfected through whatever it is you are moving in the arena of God. I speak prophetically. And I've already seen the manifestations this month alone in my life. How God unmerited favor. I said it to a young lady yesterday. And I said it to someone else. Well, actually two people yesterday. And I said it to someone earlier this week. And I'm going to tell you, when, that's why I said, when I got to church today. And the pastor said, before the closing, he said, I want to give you all. He said, you know, I always get a... um." A theme for the year. So this year, he said, the theme for London Chapel will be God's, a walking in God's unmerited favor. I promise you, I, I, ooh, I stood up and I wanted to run around the church. Because all God did was gave me confirmation. And I don't know about you. But if God has ever put something down on the inside of you and then somebody you don't even talk to and had never met because I had been going and attending this service, but I had been seeing the executive co-pastor. I'd never met the senior pastor until I touched his hand and shook it today. But for the Holy Ghost to give him same revelation, revelatory word that he had birthed in my womb the other day to say the same thing to three people already. I said, God unmerited favor has been moving in my life in the month of January. And 2020 is just the beginning. January is just the beginning. People, let me share this with you. A lot of things we have been going through in the past. We're coming into 2020. It's time to look at the view of your vision before you. If you are still trying to see, because the only thing we can look back in at our own image of who we are, it takes two mirrors. It's only one mirror you can look in 
to see yourself without holding up another mirror to see behind you. If you are in a real big mirror and you can see the objects behind you, but you can't, you can't see but one face when you're looking forward. The only time you can look in a mirror and see your face and see what's behind you is when you're looking in the rear view. When your view is behind you, let me enlighten you and encourage you this year. Look at the vision of the view in front of you. Oh, God, I thank you. Look at the vision of the view in front of you. Stop looking in the mirror at what's behind you. Because out of all the years, what has looking back benefited you? When we look back over our lives, when we reflect, and let me let me just share this. I have no qualms, and matter of fact, I encourage, positively encourage people to review, reflect, rewind, and revisit, but only for one purpose, as a testimony that you may overcome and help somebody else overcome, or as a restoration. See, when it's a reward for you to look back and say, Oh, God, I thank you for delivering me from that state of mind. God, I thank you for delivering me from when I used to act like this. God, I thank you for delivering me from when I used to talk like this. I used to walk like this. I used to think like this. Okay, that's positive reflection. But when you are reflecting upon what's in your rear, what's already past you, to press you down and depress you, then you're not in 2020. You in the time frame, as they say, you behind time. (laughs) My God. I want to share something before I get into chapter 7 again. From from when I, I said the marriage is honorable and the bed is undefiled. So for all of those of us who are not married, and if you find yourself shaking sheets, then your bed is defiled. It's not undefiled, it's defiled. Now, when we are defiled, we have no opportunity except to be hypocrites. I got to give it to you on the real now. If we want to judge somebody, saying they're doing us wrong by cheating on us, because we're cheating on God. We're cheating on God even when we lay with the person who's cheating on us. And although I sit right now, not in that state, but I've been there. So when I include myself, it's not because I'm actively doing that. But once upon a time, I did. I'm just keeping it real. Yes, I've had unprotected interaction and I've had unmarried interaction. And every time we do this, people, I just want you to understand, we're cheating. We're cheating on God. You know the scripture that I gave you the other day out of the book of Hosea, when I talked about my people perish for lack of knowledge. Well, let me enlighten you. From that same book in the Bible of Hosea, I didn't give you any backdrop about the book of Hosea. But Hosea was instructed by God to go marry a whore. 
named Gomer. And when God instructed him to go get this woman to marry her, he said, go get you a whore. Mm. Hosea, the first chapter. When God, it said, the, the word of the Lord that came unto Hosea, and I'm going to skip all those names. It said, the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, go, mm, take unto thee a wife of whoredom and children of whoredom. For the land hath committed great whoredom departing from the Lord. And this word says at verse 3, it says, So he went and took Gomer. He went and took Gomer and made her his wife. And now because of her spirit, so now we're going to talk about this woman that cheated. She was a cheating woman. Listen, let me see. That's why I'm telling you from part one. He, God told Hosea, go and get you a woman that a wife, not a woman. Let me correct myself. A wife of whoredom. And we all know what whoredom is. You know, thoughts, bots, and all that. It's a woman that sleep with multiple men. And she unmarried. But even when she became married, because she wasn't delivered from that spirit, oh God help me today, she was married. But instead of her being a single whore, she was a married whore. Ooh, help me God. And that's why I tell people, marriage is not the answer to a lust problem. You can have, if you got that same problem before you marry, you're going to have the same problem in the marriage. The only difference is your title. You know, when you fill out applications and they ask you for your title, Miss, Miris, or Mr. Okay, instead of a Miss Hordom, you are Miris Hordom. Instead of a Mr. Hordom, you still going to be a Mr. Hordom. People, we need to understand, when we meet somebody in relationships, if they have not changed because God have not delivered them, it takes God to give us the power for our changes individually. That's why you cannot change other people. Actually, let me enlighten you. If you didn't get the memo, you can change yourself. It is God. But you had to still pray. Ask God. You had to put in some work for yourself to be changed, to be delivered, for your captive to be set free. And then you still got issues in yourself that still need working on. But we want to think that we got the ability to tell somebody else's life to be different. Oh, help me today, God. But Hosea, when he met Goma, she had some babies by Yes, she did. But she still was 
a whore. Read the book of Hosea. And in the fourth chapter, sixth verse, what I gave you the other day, it say, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou have rejected knowledge. And sometimes we can't understand what's going on, God. Why you didn't move for me? Why you didn't bless me? But see, when you reject the knowledge of God, the word of God says he'll reject you. But you want to reject everything God instructed you to do. God said to get married. See, this is the difference. Oh, help me today, Holy Ghost. Thank you. Thank you. See, Hosea, because of his relationship with God, even though God told him to go marry or hold him, and, 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 but he obeyed God. See, he decided to honor his bed. Even though his wife didn't, he did. And so what the scripture says, when he said that we, we reject knowledge, he said, I said, I, he said, I said, I will also reject thee. Sometimes people, all I'm saying is that we cannot fully understand why God sometimes won't move in our lives the way we have asked God, the way we have sent up requests, prayers, and supplications. But we don't want to receive his knowledge. For the lack of knowledge, we reject this knowledge, but we want all the blessings from God. Scratch your head on that. Mm. Now, I got to tell you, Hosea, he didn't, um, he, he had to go down there to the, to the corner and get his wife. She would be on the corner. She wasn't no, she wasn't no hidden whore. Her whoredom was not hidden. So we already know that come with some shame. That come with some embarrassment. But listen, that's why I'm trying to tell you people. Whatever your mate do, be it male or female, your husband, your wife, your... See, we ain't going to even include girlfriend, boyfriend, because we already know. That's out of the will of God. I just read it to you that it's a marriage that's honorable. But if you married and your husband don't do right by you, or you married and your wife don't do right by you, listen to me, people. The purpose of the book of Hosea, when you got these biblical scholars that dissect and formulate and, and, and give you synopsis of to what's the real root of this, this interpretation is this. It was based on religious sector of people that should have been obedient to God. And because all this group of people was disobedient to God, God gave the illustrated example of Hosea and Gomer to let us see how we say we married to God, but we commit adultery on him. This is what the book of Hosea represents. How often that goes back to what I said in part one yesterday. How many times have we been faithful to the word of God? Every time we disobey the word of God, every time we choose not to walk in the ordinance and the knowledge of the word of God, even when we elect to not obtain knowledge. Oh, help me today, God. See, obtaining knowledge and knowing of God is a free will choice. We can learn all these games. We can learn all these apps. We can learn how to maneuver and operate. Man, I'm telling you, these little kids can get on my TV. If you over 10, they can go through your YouTube, your Netflix. They can put in search so quick. 
they fingers be moving. But how often do we sit down and put the word of God over our children so they can learn that? One thing about it, nobody under three years old, I mean three years and over, has slow learning abilities nowadays. If you can see your kids have that capability to learn, these kids know how to put in passwords. I mean, come on, people. If you see your grandchildren, your children have those learning abilities, then what is the reason you're not teaching them to learn of God? That in itself is a rejection because according to Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, the Bible instructs us as parents to diligently teach our children about God. So teaching our children about God is giving them knowledge. So when we reject knowledge, oh, God, help me today. But who we going to call on to cover our children and keep them safe in school? Oh, let me move on. Let me move on. Let me move on. Matthews chapter 7. And I want to I want to give you this information to the question, why do men cheat? I gave you a little backdrop out of Hosea for a purpose. Matthews chapter 7. It says this. Judge not. I'm going to repeat that. Judge not. Judge not. That ye, that you, that you, don't think about anybody but yourself, that you be not judged. See, every time you judge somebody, you are also being judged. And I'm not talking about by people, I'm talking about by God. See, so many times we get so caught up in these these cliches, and we don't even know the, the real spiritual meaning. When people like to say, well, I don't judge nobody. Stop lying. Everybody fall guilty of judging in some form of shape and fashion. Now, but when the Bible talks about judge not that ye will not be judged, that's for God to judge you. See, because we can't hear everything you say to judge somebody, but God does. So every time you judge somebody, you will always be judged by God. I hope somebody got that. So when you judge somebody for doing wrong, when you say this man is always cheating on me, this man is going out there cheating. Okay, well, when you just judge what this man is doing and you're saying he wrong. But then when you sit under the judgment of God, is your bed defiled? Mm. Are you laying on your sheets, honorable? Mm. Let me let me read on, on chapter 7. Judge not that ye be not judged. Now this is what the Bible says. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And we're not talking about by people. Remember that, people. You're going to still be judged by God. So when you're judging this man, now if you're married, you shouldn't have anything to worry about. You should be just like Hosea. If you married to a harlot, that's your harlot. If you married to a cheater, that's your cheater. But you still are as one. When you lay down with him, you're being honorable to God. 
But when you start judging, God is also going to judge your conduct and your actions. See, that's going to take you all the way back to 1 Corinthians 13 chapter. I'm telling you people this thing, get tight. You're still supposed to walk in love. Mm. You know, for many years, I thought my grandmother was weak because of the way she kept accepting the behavior of my granddaddy. Who was an adulteress. But when I realized she was the one that was strong. He was the one that was weak. And when she, my cousin told me that she said, pray for, pray for her husband. Because she went and told my grandmother. And she told me she told my grandmother that my granddaddy got fresh with her. And she called him. She said, couldn't see Jay. He said, I'm not your cousin. You're my white cousin. <laughs> oh, my God. But she said, when I told your grandmother, she said, well, he don't know no better. If he knew better, he would do better. She said, and Alfreda, I thought Kunjul was the biggest fool. But she said, now that I've given my life to Christ, oh, help me today, God. She said, I know now that she has some real God in her. See, that's what I'm saying. Even if you're married and you want to judge your husband, all you're doing is measuring how much God is in you. Oh, help me today, God. See, because people will call you a fool. But you should be more concerned about what God calls you. Oh, help me today, God. Oh, God, I thank you. But but go on to verse 3, and it says, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considering not the beam that is in your own eye? Or how will you say to your brother, which your brother is representative of your man, your mate, your husband, and any other person, Male or female. It say, how will you say to them, let me pull out the moat in your eye and behold a beam in your own eye. How you going to judge some wrong somebody else doing? But it's okay if you want to cuss them out for doing it. It's okay if you want to say all manner of evil to them for doing it. It's okay if you want to throw out your baby with the bath water. That's my little quote for just saying, if the baby is valuable, why you going to throw it out with the dirty water? If your husband is of value to you, why you want to throw him out? Oh, help me today, God. But see, when your conduct is a reaction in a negative way from what his sin he did, because he got the answer to that, and I'm going to give you a scripture for that, because it's a scripture for everything I talk about. You are no different than him. You're judging. His sins, God judge. Your sins, God judge. But when you judge his wrong. You sit in the seat of judgment. How perfected are you? Yeah, you may not run around out there and commit adultery. But whatever else you're not doing. Do you cast down wicked imaginations and everything that exalted itself above the word of God? Are you operating in patience, love, joy, meekness, gentleness, self-control? Are you walking in the fruits of your spirit? Are you covered in your armor? Are you giving out what you should be giving before God? See, if you was doing your part in the kingdom, you may not have problems with your husband in his flesh. Ooh. Ooh, God. 
I know nobody didn't want to hear that, but I hope you got that. Let me go on to verse 5. And it says in Matthew chapter 7, Thy hypocrite. Now, didn't I say that? We got this thing twisted up with hypocrisy. We got the nerve to judge what somebody else do wrong, like we are God. That's why I say when people start placing demands and commands on another person's breaths in life, and I got to this little thing I do on the phone, that's sucking up breaths, them my breaths, do that, inhale, them your breaths, that's your life. You have the need to somebody else's breaths in their life to want full control, to tell them where to go, where to come, where to sit, where to lay, where to stand. When you won't do it for God, God tell us all where to go, where to sit. Some of us are not so tuned in to God. When God says, sit down, we don't even know it's God's talking. When God said, go over there, I got a blessing for you. We, we can't even hear from God. Because we're not willing to be obedient to God. But we have the audacity to think that another grown-up who breaths in life we don't supply should go and sit and come when we say. Let me share this, people. All of our lives come with a free will choice. That's why if we can get rid of trying to control other people, especially in these relationships, life will be more harmonious. You have a free will choice. I'm not falling out with anybody about anything. Because whatever a person chooses to do with their breath of life, that's between them and God. If they're not doing right, they got the answer to God. If I don't do right, I got the answer to God. Can we allow God to be God? That's why the word of God says, thy hypocrite. It said, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye. And then, <laughs> I need y'all to get this. And then shall thy see clearly. That's that 2020 word. <laughs> see clearly. I'm to- All this is wrapped up in the view of the vision. You want to see clearly? Start getting your own self together. It's a cast the moat out of your brother eye. You, you can't do till you get that beam out of yours. Now, let me tell you the difference between a moat and a beam. A beam is a big old thing. See, so if we can sit down and write, I, I, I give you an assignment. Write down everything you think you do that is a sin. And I guarantee you, the average person, when I'm talking about a sin, but let me, let, me, let me help you out because a lot of y'all may not know the scripture. The Bible says, put this at the top of the paper, when you know to do good and does not, it is a sin. Put that at the top. 
And then list everything that you don't do good. And I'm not talking about good for people. I'm talking about good according to the word of God. Do you cast down wicked imaginations and everything that exalted itself above the word of God? Do you be slow to to speak and quick to hear and slow to anger? Do you you have a clean heart and and a right spirit? Do you pray without ceasing? Do you covet not do it say thou shall not covet that means you shouldn't be sitting around wanting nothing somebody else got just because they got it so we ain't talking about them big scale sins like people want to categorize sin they want to first think the only sin is a murderer a rapist all them them criminal law sins i'm not talking about them i'm talking about spiritual how right are you before you trying to take one thing, a moat, out of a man's eye. But you got all these big beans. I'm just telling you what the Bible said. The Bible said them hypocrites. <laughs> oh, my God. The Bible says in verse 6, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast your pearls before the swine. Think about that. What you think that means? What you think that means? It's got to be something wrong, people. I'm telling you. With the perception of the way we perceive things. If you so holy, why you got this brother you always want to call a dog? Mm. He ain't nothing but a dog. But if you so holy, why are you, why you give unto the dog then? If you so righteous and your words are so valuable that you got to tell this man everything wrong about him, like your words are so valuable, the Bible consider those words as pearls because pearls are valuable. Why are you giving your pearls to the swine? Why are you wasting your breath trying to check this brother and tell him, and listen, I'm not talking to you from non-experience. Been there, done that. Got all the paraphernalia. The t-shirts, the cap, the socks, the dresses, the shoes, everything's monogrammed. Because I used to be like that. That used to be me. That's why I sit here and I speak to you from experience as well as biblical knowledge. It was something wrong with me. And until I stop looking at the damage and learning how to rectify it from my past, I was a hypocrite with a defiled bed judging every wrong that my husbands did and I was just as wrong as they were no I didn't go out and commit adultery but just like I said I had a whole nother list of sins boy could I say some stuff out of my mouth oh God in the name of Jesus the Bible says in verse 7 I'm going to give you a formula to help yourself 
And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ducktail a part three in the, in the, in the, in the finalization of chapter seven. I definitely want to get back to chapter seven of, of, of first Corinthians chapter seven, but I'm going to bring this part two to a close and I'm going to give you what the word of God says. If you sit now, you want to be healed from that condition. See, the first thing the Bible doesn't encourage you, take, get your own self straight first. Now that's what the Bible says in verse 5, thy hypocrite. Because every time you judge your cheating man or your cheating husband, the Bible says first cast out the beam out of thy own eye. First get yourself straight. See, now that's the question. Can you ask yourself, can, do you know how to straighten yourself? But you want to try to straighten somebody else. So the first thing I'm going to give you, the first one is ask at verse 7. It say ask and it shall be given you. Ask God how to help balance you. Ask God how to heal you from your damage. Ask God how to let you walk in the 1 Corinthians 13 love. Ask God to strengthen you to walk in Galatians 5th chapter and 22nd verse, the fruits of the Spirit. Ask God to give you strength to not walk in the works of your flesh, which are also in Galatians the 5th chapter. And I believe they start somewhere around the 15th verse or the 17th verse. And then ask God how to instruct you how to put on the whole armor of God, that you can shine your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and you can keep peace in your home and stop being a hair raiser on the telephone in your home. Who want to come home today? I'm just saying, this is how we fall short. You cannot stop another person's breaths and lives. Remember that. But you cannot also put yourself to be a hypocrite too. Because when the man come home to the hair razor or the woman throwing their clothes out the door, see, I, I, I don't experience all that. And I was out of order. But see, I had to learn through the word of God. This is why I'm encouraging you. Get in your word. So the first thing is to ask. The Bible said, and it shall be given to you. Seek. See, you, whatever you asking God to help you with, then you need to turn around and seek it out through the scripture. Oh, help me today, God. Seek and you shall find. You need to start seeking the scripture just like we seek the apps on our telephone. And how we seek the movies on Netflix. And they ain't giving us no network. You ain't getting no network, no money. You ain't getting network in the kingdom. What is your network? But you want this man to be all this and straight out for you. Oh, help me today, God. Okay. So you seek and you shall find. It say knock and it shall be open unto you. So if you asking God to help you, you're seeking God through his word to know him. You're knocking. You want to come in. That's that intimate time. Oh, help me today, God. When you are laboring for him. He opened the door. That's your knocking. Your intimate time. Them three things right now. The Bible says in verse 8, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be open. And that's the word of God. How much are you seeking that? 
How much are you asking God to help correct in you? You'll be amazed how many people spend time praying to God to fix somebody else when they still raggedy. Yeah, I said it. Raggedy. <laughs> See, I know sometimes when I, I come to you, I'm not, I am very much aware that I'm not always using diplomacy and what we say politically correct English grammar. But who says it's correct or not? Depending upon what dictionary you want to define, because they do have an Ebonic dictionary. Oh, I'm a word person. But most importantly, can you comprehend where I'm coming from? When our spirits are raggedy, are ragged edges, but yet we want to spend time praying for God to fix somebody else. It's nothing wrong with that. That's called intercessory prayer. But don't forget to include yourself first and foremost because that's what the scripture said. If you're a hypocrite, the first, it's a first cast out yours. See, so we need to cast away some things from ourselves. And work on ourselves. In 2020, let that be your view and your vision. Work on you. It's good to pray for your relationship. It's good to be married. It's good for God to grace. Marriages, all marriages are honorable. Even when we're not married to the right person. I was tremendously blessed as far as materialistic things just by being married. I obtained a more life of, of, of abundance. Let me say that. I obtained a more abundant life of stuff and things when I was married than when I was single. Because God honors marriages. And as long as I stayed faithful, see, I knew I would do my part in the faithfulness. Now, it's a whole lot of other things I didn't get right. But I had to grow to learn them. And that's why I can enlighten you from experience. You just do your part. Work on what's in your eyes. See, all that so you can see clearly. There are so many things and so many doors that are waits to be opened for you by God. Stop exerting energy into another human being except to pray. Use so much more of your time instead of looking, searching, and sitting down depressed and let the enemy pressing you down, worrying about something you cannot change, people. But what you can change is the diligency to work on yourself. And watch God move. Watch the doors in your life that will begin to open. And that same man, I'm going to tell you something. When he sees you striving, you may draw him to start striving. Even in the word of God. That could be, I'm going to tell you, I went on a date one time. And this guy, you know, I really like this guy. Really, 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 really like this guy. He's the most compatible guy that I ever dated 
in my entire life. I said the most compatible. I had not experienced love. But when I say compatible, I mean compatible. Where everything I like to do, he liked to do. Pretty much everything he liked to do, I like to do. He like historical stuff. I like historical stuff. He like historical movies. I like historical movies. He like the architectural of historical buildings. So do I. Old houses. I mean, board games, music genre, dancing. I mean, it was because sometimes you get with people and you know, you will like all this stuff, but they like something completely different for entertainment. So he was the only person I ever met where when it came to being entertained, we had so much in common. And so I never forget, we had, we had a little, you know, rendezvous in years past. And I ran into him again. And he said, I would love to go out on a date with you. And I said, okay. He said, well, what would you like to do on the first date? I'm going to tell you what I said to him. I said, I'd like to have Bible study. He said, okay. So I met him and took my Bible. People, let me tell you something. Women, you'll be amazed when you when you script you, your emotions, just like you would script out your clothes to brothers, how much connection that will bring in the relationship. But you want to know going in. And a brother do too. Are you marriage material? Let the word of God be the center of your relationship. And God again guide you even in your marriage. How often do you sit down and read the word with your husband in marriages? How often do you pray together? How often do you sit down and minister to your children together? See, we all want to make all these 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 proclamations how how they took church out, I mean, the, the, the prayer out of the school. But do you have it in your home? They can't come in and take it out of there. How much are you putting from your home before you send your children to school? That shouldn't stop your children from knowing prayer. That shouldn't stop them from knowing God. Just because they took it out of school, a lot of people gave up and let it go out their house too. Oh, help me today. Let me bring my podcast to a close. (laughs) My God, I hope you're getting this. I'm going to come with a part three. May the blessings of the Lord flow, flow, flow down into your life. Meet all of your needs and even your wants as you delight yourself in God. And may he continue to give you desires of your heart. When you do that, delight yourself in him. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. And until the next podcast upload, have a beautiful, blessed evening. Peace out.